want to thank Pastor Reggie for asking me to deliver the word today. It's an honor to do so and a, and a privilege to do so. Um, let's go to our scripture right now and read that together. So if you could stand as we normally do, and I'm going to read from Matthew 16, verses 24 to 27. And let's, I know you know these words. Let's <coughs> follow as I read. The word of God says, and I'll be reading that at a New King James. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that changes everything, Lord God. For your word is truth, your word is life, Lord God. And fathers, we come before you today. I thank you for your presence that is so evident in our service, God, from beginning note on, Lord Jesus. And Father, I thank you that we have an opportunity now to simply sit at your feet, and God, and hear your word, God. So I ask you, God, to speak through me, Lord God. Let your heart, God, come through me again to the hearts of all those who are here today, Lord Jesus. Open our ears, open our hearts, Lord God. Let us see you. Let us know you more today, God. Let us desire you more today, God. By your word, God, continue to transform us into your image more and more, especially this afternoon and morning, Lord God. But, Father, thank you for loving us so much and being so faithful to us, Lord God, to bring us your word today, Lord God. Father, you're a good God, and we love you. And, Father, thank you what you're about to do in the next few moments in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed with that prayer said, amen. amen, amen. Before we get going, I want to do one thing if I can. I don't want to mess up the cameras here, but, okay, real fast. Uh, is there a man right now who's got money in, in your wallet? <laughs> Tough question. Any man got, you got money in your wallet? Any men? Somebody raise your hand, please. You got, you got money in your wallet? Right, come here a second. Come here a second, G. I'm not going to take your money. I may. Right, you, have a, you have like a 20? Right, pull out a 20. Can you pull out a 20? Come on. That was pretty fast. Pull out a 20. Okay, everybody, hold it up so everybody can see it. Unfold it, G. Unfold it. Yes. Okay. Twenty bucks, right? Okay. Listen, I have a dollar here. This is a fantastic dollar. This is one of my personal possessions that I'm willing to depart. So what I'd like to do, I would love to trade you this dollar for that twenty. This is this is really good. It's been in my family for years. It's been a family tradition. So I would like to trade you. Would you trade this dollar with me for your 20? No. Would that? No, I would not. You can't say, I'm a pastor. You can't say no to a pastor. Gonna, so you don't want to trade this dollar? This first. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do that. That's all right. How, how come you don't want to trade? That's less than this. This is, no, that's... This, this is still less in value. In value? According to that's, society, right? That's more? This is more. Well, you can't believe everything you hear, right? True. So you're not going to trade me? No, because I'm looking at it. All right, sit down, G. You're not going to trade me. Sit down. I want to get somebody. Wait, who has? Okay, who? That's, that's good, G. All right, come on. Who's got, who's got money in the wallet? Who's got, who's got money? Who else? 
Bowers, you got money in your wallet. Get up here. Come here. You got your wallet with you? Okay, you got a 10? You got a 100? What do you got? All right, give me 20 under 5. 20 under 5. Two 20s. Now, give me two 20s. Give me two 20s. Okay. All right, come here, Tom. Come on, Frank. Come over here a second. Huh? Come here, Tom. No, don't, don't threaten me. Just come on this side right here. Okay. All right, back up a little bit. We've known each other for a long time. Yes. Right? That's true. A little too long, right? I don't know. Not yeah. yeah, I do. Okay, but this is what I want to do. I have this. Gee, <laughs> the guy, you know, he has no, no discretion. He wouldn't take this dollar. You are a wise man. You see a bargain when it's there. You know the value of a buck, right? Right? You work hard for your money, right? So how much you got in your hands? Well, I've had these longer than you. It doesn't matter, Tom. It doesn't matter. Since you were a little kid? They had silver doubloons when you were a little kid, Tom. <laughs> All right, Tom, I have a dollar here. And this dollar is so special to me. Really, it is one of the first dollars I've ever made a long time ago. I kept it in a little frame on my dresser over there. But I'm willing to trade you that 40 bucks for this dollar. What do you think? I don't know about that. What, 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 would, you, what would you doubt? Where's the other 39? No, no, you only get one, Tom. You only get one, Tom. So you don't want to trade me? No. Why don't you want to trade me? I'm getting ripped off. <laughs> Absolutely, right? And you'd be, if we trade us, I would be pretty much cheating you, wouldn't I? This is true. All right, thank you, Tom. Can we have a hand for Tom and G, please, everybody? Thank you. But you know what? And a, and a dumb little example like that, why do we trade something that is so valuable and amazing for other lesser things? Why do sometimes we trade the things of God, the holy, sacred things of God, his will, his plans, his word, and we trade it for the lesser things of this world? And sometimes we get so cheated out of a better life. We get so cheated out of, of life. And sometimes we accept that, that cheap trade-off sometimes where we have something special in the things of God and, and yet the world comes along and the devil comes along and sometimes our own emotions come along and want us to trade off the things of God, the, excuse me, the things of God for lesser things that maybe have more of a, an immediate need right now. See, one of the worst things we could do is to do that. These guys, although we, you know, we played a little bit, uh, but it's obvious that, well, no, I'm not going to trade off that dollar for 20 or, or $40. Why? Uh, it's not worth that much. What I have is worth more. And sometimes, listen, one of the devil's great roles is to come to God's people and try to cheat you out of God's best. Try to steal away God's will, God's desires, God's plans, God's word sometimes, even right out of your mouth. Because he came to steal, kill, and destroy. But he also came to, to cheat, cheat Christians. See, sometimes he doesn't want to kill you, but if he could cheat you, if he could sap away the life of God out of you, if he could make you turn to the world for satisfaction, even though it's fleeting, he'll make you do that. He'll try to make you do that. That word cheat means to deprive of something valuable by deceit or fraud. That's what he's all about, deceit and fraud. The word cheat means to, to swindle, to outwit, to deliberate perversion of the truth. And how does he do that? Well, sometimes he tempts us not to wait for the things of God. Sometimes he wants us to, to accept the things, to have things really, really now. Sometimes, sometimes we, 
he, he tempts us to take things into our own hands and sometimes not trust God, to think that Jesus is somehow not going to come through in his promises or, or in our prayers. And sometimes what we do is we, we take matters into our own hand. God, you don't seem to be working here. God, you don't seem to be doing this. I've been praying, God, and, and things are getting worse. So, Lord, if you're not going to do something, well, then I'm going to step in and do something, Lord. I'm going to step in to try to fix this situation. I'm going to try to save that person. I'm going to try to make this better, God, because you don't seem to be working, Lord God. You don't seem to be, going, you know, things I'm praying for. And, and sometimes we reject God's plan. God always has a plan, my people. He always has a plan. That's what our faith cries out. God, I, I may not see it right now, God, but I know you have a plan, Lord God. And sometimes the devil's going to try to make you doubt that Jesus is going to come through. And sometimes when we get discouraged and when we get disillusioned, and sometimes when we don't like what Jesus is doing, sometimes we don't, we don't understand or really like some of his ways. And so sometimes we start to take things into our own hand when we don't like how, how he's moving. See, Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in its end is a way of death. See, it may seem okay to you right now to go apart from Christ, but in the long run, it's going to come and get you. It's going to come and get you. You'll have that temporary honeymoon, but in the long run, without God, it's going to get you. Proverbs, turn to Proverbs 3, if you can turn there. We should have it up on the screen as well. In Proverbs 3, and you know the scripture, very famous scripture, in verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. In other words, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to work out all details, how God's going to bless you, how God's going to work in that situation how God's going to change this and change that. I said, don't try to figure that out. Just, just trust me with all your heart. And sometimes the best thing we do is, God, I can trust you, God, because there's nothing I can do, Lord God, even though we try, even though we take matters in our own hands sometimes. Bottom line is the Lord says, don't, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge my ways. Acknowledge my truth. Acknowledge that I'm sovereign. Acknowledge that I know what I'm doing. And trust me. And I'll direct your paths. I'll take care of the road in front of you. You don't have to worry about it. I'll be there for you with that. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, you will show me, Lord, the path of life. See, we've got to trust that. We've got to trust that he's going to show us the path of life because trouble and sorrow come when we don't obey him, when we don't trust him, when we don't wait on him, especially in our time of need, and we do have times of need, especially when we take matters into our own hands and try to work something out on our own. And the devil will provide every opportunity for you to take matters in your own hand. He'll provide every situation, everything that we go through to take matters in your own hand. Until we can say, if I had only, and that's my title today, if I had only, and I'll finish that in a minute, if I had only. See, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and you know this scripture. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the word of God says, for I, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we'll find him when we search for him with all our heart, not half our heart, but all of our heart? Do we really believe he has good thoughts to us, even in the dark days, even in the, uh, the dark nights, the dark night of our soul? Do we believe that he's still working out good? for our lives and for our families and for ourselves. Do we really believe that God will provide? 
especially in a time of need? Do we really believe that what we need in a particular situation, whether it be hope, whether it be strength, sometimes whether it be finances, whatever, that God, according to his promise, will provide? Do we believe that he will provide for us and have a faith that gives us a rest in that, that gives us a, a peace in that, rather than worry and fear and anxiety? See, worry, fear, and anxiety always attack us. We all get attacked by that. But we can't let it stay. Why? I know God's word. I know that his thoughts for me are, are good. I know that he's working things out. I know he has a plan, praise God. I may not know it. I may not understand it. And I may not accept even what's going on right now. But I know my God loves me. I know my God is working things out. Why? He said so. And to have a rest inside of our hearts, to have a peace inside of our hearts, even in a tough time, even in a tough situation, See, that word provide means to, to make preparation, to meet a need. That's what he does. To make available, to supply something for sustenance or support. I want to share some stories in the Bible today about people who had a plan of God, but something happened. The devil got in somewhere and started to mess things up. And to some people, it started to take things into, into their own hand. There's a story about Saul and Samuel. And you can read it later in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Saul and Samuel. Saul was a king at the time. And Samuel was the one, the priest, who was supposed to offer the sacrifices. And again, I'm paraphrasing the story. He was supposed to one to offer the sacrifices. And so he told Saul, Saul, you wait seven days, okay? Just wait right here, and I'll be back. When I come back, I'll do the sacrifice for the army. Then we'll go to battle. Then things will be okay. And Saul says, okay, good. And Saul, Saul's beginning was a godly man. So the plan was, okay, you wait here, Saul. And Samuel says, I'll come back. And when I come back, after the seventh day, we'll have the offering right there. And then we'll go to battle and, and, and God will be with us. Gotcha, Samuel. All set. No problem. First day, no problem. Second day, no problem. Third, fourth day, people started to get a little agitated. And the word of God says in, Sam, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, uh, verses 8 to 13, some of the people started to leave. Some of the people started to get discouraged. Where, where, where's, where's Samuel? Come on, the army's over there. We're anxious. He's not here. It's been five days. It's been six days. Where is this guy? Saul's getting a little agitated. People are leaving. People are walking out. Soldiers walking out on him. And I can imagine the, the anxiety that was in Saul. Said, oh, I, I, they got, where's Samuel? And here comes the seventh day now. And people leaving by the droves, the soldiers going back to their home. And, and, and Saul said, where, 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 I can't wait for Samuel. I, I know God had a plan, but I, I can't wait for Samuel. And what Saul did was before Samuel came back, he offered the sacrifice, which he should have never done. And as soon as he offered the sacrifice, here comes Samuel. And Samuel says, Saul, what did you do? What, what did you do? <clears throat> you should have waited. And Saul, Saul was amazing. Well, the people were going, and I had to do something. No. No. See, he took matters in his own hands. And, and I looked at that story, and I think what was going through Saul's heart that made him go before the Lord and give up God's plan, when he saw all the people leaving, when he saw the problems that was causing in his heart, he was one of those guys who tried to keep it all together. Anybody ever know anybody like that? where we try to keep it all together when the pressure's on. And I think Saul disobeyed because Saul was, everybody was leaving. I got to do something. 
I got I to gotta control the situation somehow because it looks like Samuel's not in control. He's not even here yet. And everybody's leaving. That can't be God. So I got to do something. And he took matters in his own hand because he couldn't wait on God. And he took matters in his own hand. And, and what happened was he went on before God and he paid a high price for that. See, sometimes the devil would try to do is work in our heart to say to you and I, hey, listen, you got, you got to keep this thing together. You, you got to work it out. You got to fix it. You got to make it better. God doesn't seem to be doing it right now. Things seem to be getting worse. And, 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 and listen, why don't, you, why don't you step up? Why don't you kind of fix this situation? And that's not our role. Listen, we do what God says, yes. And we obey him in the situation, absolutely. And sometimes he may ask you to give advice or counsel in the situation, whatever it may be. But the end result is in God's hands. And here comes the devil tempting Saul. says, oh, you got to do something. Come on, take control. You can't listen. And sometimes he does the same thing to us. Sometimes we face hard situations, yeah, difficult situations. And, and we're praying and we're waiting for God to work. And sometimes it doesn't seem like he's doing anything. Yes, he is. But it doesn't seem like he's doing anything. And what starts to happen is we start to take things in our own hand and, and we get fearful. Well, I'm af if I don't do this, I'm afraid of what will happen. Wow. If I don't step in, if I don't fix, I'm afraid of what will happen. And I don't want that to happen. See, sometimes I found that a long time ago. It's okay to let some things fall. Because God will be there to catch it. Not you. Sometimes you weren't meant to, to fill in that role. Sometimes God is saying, let it fall so I can catch it. So I can fix it sometimes. Because you're not the Savior. You're not the fixer. Christ is. Amen? And sometimes what happens is we, we feel like Saul where we, we got to do something. We, we got to we, we try and keep it all together. And it costs Saul everything. And eventually it costs him the kingdom. And what's so amazing about that Samuel said to him, if you would have obeyed me, Saul, God would have brought the people back. God would have fixed it. Oh, Saul. And what would, how would Saul finish the sentence? If I had only, and you finish that for yourself, for Saul. If I had only waited, trusted, obeyed, faced the devil's temptation to get in the way. God would have changed everything. If only I had. And sometimes as a kid, let some things fall, my people. Why? God will catch it. You pray. You do what he tells you to do in that situation. And watch how he turns things around. God is great at turning things around. God is great at fixing what we break. Isn't he, is he good? He's good at mending what we tear, fixing what we break. Praise God. Because he is a good God. And he's working out a plan. We've got to trust that. I wish Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael would have trusted that as well. Here's Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. Abraham, the father of our faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus, father of faith. And in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 4, God made a covenant to Abraham. I'm going to bless you, future generations. Your seed will, 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 I will bless. And he promised him a, a family seed and, and a great covenant promises. And you can read that in Genesis 15, verses 1 to 4. But we read in Genesis 16, one chapter later, Sarah goes to Abraham. Sarah's, uh, I think Abraham is 86. Sarah's right up there too. Sarah goes to Abraham and says, listen, I know God made a promise that he's going to bless us with future generations and, and have a child. But listen, 
Abe, you're 86. I'm up there too. Ain't going to happen. I mean, there's no, there's no way it ain't going to happen. You don't even send me flowers anymore, Abraham. I don't know. It ain't going to happen anymore. Something's happening. And, and it wasn't going to happen. So Sarah went to Abraham and says, hey, Abe, listen, we're old. I know God made a promise, but maybe he meant something else. Maybe, maybe he's talking figuratively. I don't know. And listen, here's our... Our, our, here's Hagar. He's one of, one of our, our concubines, one of the, the servants here. Why don't you have a baby with her? Okay, this way it'll still be in the family, you know, still be there. And this way you'll have a son and, and it'll be a bit okay. And Abraham, being a man of faith that he is, said, sure. Absolutely. No, that's no problem. Sure. And so Ishmael was born. Ishmael was born. See, one thing I found out, too, a long time ago, when God's working out his plan, he doesn't need your help. <laughs> he doesn't need your help when he's working out his plan. The guy knows what he's doing, amen? And sometimes he doesn't need you to intervene or to help. Maybe he wants you to, to pray, absolutely, and to do other things, but you don't have to try to make things happen. You don't have to try to figure it out. See, because sometimes Sarah and Abraham, they were stuck in the natural well, how's this going to work in the natural? We, we can't have a baby. We're too old. How, how's it going to work in the natural? But they forgot all about that they had a supernatural God. They had a God who can do anything. They had a God who can do the impossible. But they forgot about it. And they took matters into their own hands. And they stopped trusting God no matter what. And they tried to make something happen. And boy, the results of that with Ishmael and Isaac have been felt throughout all the generations, even today, the problems and hassles that, that came with that. God is quite capable without your interference to fulfill his promise. And I say this lovingly, get out of God's way. Trust him. What promise did he give you? What did he say in his word? What did he share your heart with? Trust God to do it. Why? Because he's a supernatural God. What can you believe God for? Have you gotten so natural in the things of God that you've forgotten that he's a supernatural God and to fulfill his promise, he'll do anything, praise God. He'll knock our socks off. He'll stop the sun and the moon and the sky. He'll open up a Red Sea, praise God. Why? Because he said he would fulfill his promise, praise God. But see, sometimes what happens is we doubt him. Why? Because we can't see it. We can't figure it out on paper. Get the yellow pad, pros and cons. no. God, I believe you. Oh, it looks impossible, God. It's getting worse, God. I don't see it happening, God. My prayers seem to be going to the ceiling, and that's it, God. And the devil tempts you with doubt. Christ ain't coming through. You better take magic. You better get an Ishmael going. You better get an Ishmael going because Christ ain't coming through. Because you're not holy enough. You're not smart enough. You're not in the word enough. You're not in prayer enough. God's upset with you. He's a little mad at you for not being as good as you should be right now. He's a little upset with you for allowing fear and worry to get in. So don't think he's going to fulfill that promise. So start getting Ishmael going. And all over Christendom, there's Ishmael's. Things works of our own hands. Things of our own situation that we start to do. Why? Because we think God's not going to come through. Why? He tempted us and said... And we believe it. And all of a sudden, doubt gets in. 
fear. And we start losing the sight of supernatural things. I don't know about you, but I believe God can do anything. I believe he can heal the sick, raise the dead, do this, do that. If you want to do it, he can do it. He's sovereign God. What do you believe? What happened to your faith? What happened to your faith? What happened to that strong faith that would not be denied? That faith, that word that God put in your heart, that no matter what the world says, your response was, I believe God. Then you've seen his miracles. You're, yeah, we're still breathing, praise God. We've seen his miracles, amen? We're still breathing. We're still moving around, praise God. We may be a little sore and old, but we're still moving, praise God. Why? Because God's been faithful. And he's a supernatural. You've seen Red Seas open up in your life. Don't tell me you haven't. You've seen him stop the sun and the moon in your life. Don't tell me you haven't. You've seen miracles in Jesus' name, praise God. Why do you doubt him now? Lord, help my faith. Lord, help my faith, God, to believe every single word you said, God. Help me, Lord God. I don't need an Ishmael, God. I'm waiting for Isaac, God. And if it takes all my life, God, I know why is this coming, God, in Jesus' name. It's coming in Jesus' name. Why? You said it, Lord God. You said it, Lord God. And I'm going with you, God. Whether I see it on this side of eternity, the other side, God, I'm going with you, God. Either way, God, I'm going with you, God. Why? I love you and I believe you, God. And you've never failed me now. You've never forsaken me now, God. Why am I going to start now? I don't need an Ishmael, God, when I, got, when I know why is this coming, praise God. Amen? Thank you, my Jesus. Oh, I love this other story. Wow, time goes by quickly. Forgot about that there, brother. <laughs> Can we go right through, like maybe combine the services? I remember a man named Joshua, and he had one of his soldiers, a man named Achan. If you remember this, this is in uh, Joshua chapter 8. And Achan was a soldier. And God gave, you know the story, God gave uh, Joshua uh, orders one day. When Jericho falls, and, and it did, we know that story, he says, when you walk through it, don't take anything from Jericho. Don't, don't, don't take any of the clothes you see and, and some of the gold and the silver because they're just here. Don't take anything. So I'll take care of that with you later on. Just, just walk through Jericho and, and the walls are going to fall and enjoy the victory, praise God, and, and we'll go on to other cities. But, but don't take anything, okay? Don't, the word of God says, don't touch your cursed thing because the gold, that's all, that's all mine, God says. That, that's all mine. So, so don't take it. I'll take care of you guys later. So don't take it. So Jericho falls and here comes Achan, one of the soldiers. And, and Achan walks through, and he sees all the rubble, maybe walking through this uh, rich man's house, whatever. And he sees this coat. Wow, really, like, they call it a Babylonian garment. But I know it was Gucci. I could tell it was Gucci. Gucci was back then. They had a Gucci back then. And, and look, fit, he tried it on. It just fit nice with the lapels and with the buttons. It fit nice. It made him look like, see, he was used to the desert. He was used to the old burlap. And here comes a nice coat. Ooh. Makes me look like somebody, you know. And then he said, well, I, let me just, no one's going to know. He puts it in his, in his coat or something. And he walks by, he sees some gold. Ooh, go, ooh, my wife loves gold. Oh, she loves gold. Let me, oh, let me get, put it right over here. And he walks a little bit and he sees some silver. Silver, I love silver. I make turquoise jewelry out of silver. It would be wonderful. And he takes it and he goes hide it in his tent. No one will know. 
come on, no one goes hiding in his tent. All right? And all of a sudden, they go to the next battle, the next city, which is Ai, small little town. Only a couple of thousand soldiers went, and Israel got defeated. Why? Because of sin in the camp. Because of Achan's sin that affected so much else. And God told Joshua, there's sin here. You've got to deal with sin before you go on. You've got to deal. And again, I'm paraphrasing the story. And so through, how can I say, through a, a series of events, God narrowed it down that Achan was the one who stole this. He, first he went to his tribe, then his family, then his father, then this. It narrowed it down to Achan. And Achan, they found him out. And Joshua said, why, why did you do this? Why did you do this? And Achan said, I, I, I coveted these things. I, I took them, I, and I'm sorry. And to make a long story short, they had to get rid of that sin. So they destroyed Achan and his whole family. They destroyed him. They stoned him, and they destroyed him. But as, as, I, as I would read that story about that, if only he had waited and trusted and obeyed, because in Joshua 8, the next chapter, God gave all the spoil of Ai and all the other cities to God's people. He would have been rich if he just waited. All the spoils of Ai and all the spoils of all the other towns that they defeated, God gave to the people. If he didn't take things in his own hand and he disobeyed God and saw those things, if he just would have waited, he would have been fine. He would have been rich. God would have gave him gold and coats and silver and all those things. But, but Achan was so cheated out of that. He was cheated out of true riches. See, God wasn't interested in the Babylonian coat or the gold or silver. He wanted Achan's heart. See, he wants your heart. It's not so much what you do and don't. That's good. But he wants your heart. And, and that, that's what he's going for. He, he so wants your heart. And he wants you to focus on true riches. See, Achan gave up true riches for things that fade. And the word of God says in, in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you know what true riches are? Not the things of this world, but the things of God. Whether it be faith, hope, love, trust, joy, peace, praise God. And those are the riches of God. And if you have those things, you are rich. <clears throat> you are rich. If God wants to make you rich financially, praise God. But you don't need that to be rich. Paul preached the unsearchable riches of Christ. See, God wants us to stop hiding sin in the middle of our tent, underground, where no one can see it, because God sees. God sees. God sees those little things that we do, the big things that we do, the things we try to hide under our tent that no one else sees, God sees. And he so wants your heart that he'll expose it. He'll expose it because he loves you. He'll expose it because he doesn't want what happened to Achan to happen to you, to have that kind of loss. See, the problem is Achan missed out on so much. He missed out on so much that God had planned for him just to take what he could see with his eyes. See, Achan knew God's power because he saw the Red Sea. He knew all that. He, he knew God's power, but he had no respect for God's word. And that was a big difference. We've seen God's power. We know God's power. But do we respect and honor his word? When he says this, when he says that, do we follow through and do that? Maybe what would Achan finish the sentence? If I had only 
and you finish that for Aiken. And just a few more before, before we close. I'm going to have to skip one or two here. Jacob and Esau. Remember Esau? Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup, and that's in Genesis chapter 25. He came in from honey, and he was so tired, so famished, and, and Jacob was making soup right there. And Esau said, give me some soup. And Jacob, who had his own issue, said, give me your birthright. And Esau said, okay, I'll give you my birthright, which was something very honorable and very valuable. And he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup, which he paid for all the rest of his life. And sometimes all he wanted to know was, I want soup. Why? I'm hungry. I'm famished. All I want is soup. And what the devil will tempt you with, just like he did with Esau, something called what we used to call in the counseling field, immediate need gratification. What that means is now. I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to work for it. I don't want to trust God for it. I want it now. And now, in this reference, will kill you. The now will rob you of everything good of God when it's not his will. Oh, now faith is, and we praise God for that. But watch out that God, excuse me, the devil doesn't tempt you to make you take things in your own hand to tempt you with. You can have it now. Why wait? Why work for it? Why, why, why trust God? It's right in front of you now. you got that bowl of soup in front of you now. It'll cost you your life. Yeah, but at least you'll be satisfied now. And what do we give up to be satisfied now? How many things have we given up in our lives to be satisfied with the immediate? And God says, don't be fooled by that. No, don't be fooled by that. <clears throat> Trust me that even if it takes time, I'll bring it, praise God. But don't be like Esau to, to take things in your own hand. See, he valued the temporal and gave up the eternal. Oh, my Jesus. No. No. So many are giving up the eternal to settle for the temporal. What I can have now. I need love now. I need this now. I need it now. God's saying, ho, ho, wait, wait that, that love is not good for you. That's not, that's not the one I have for you. That's not the one I have planned. Yeah, but, but I have it now. Yeah, no, it's a trap. It's a trap. Just wait. Let, let that thing go. J just wait. Just wait. Just wait. I can't wait. I need it now. You know I need love now. You know I need this now. You know I need it now. And we give up the eternal to have the temporal that so fades away so quickly. Oh, no. No. How many that we have known in our families, our friends, past, and in other churches that couldn't wait on God, and they've let go of the eternal to grab on what they could face right now. And it cost them everything. It cost them everything. Oh, no, Lord God. Two more briefly before we pray. You know the story of the prodigal son. And it's a great story about pleasure and father's money and, and leaving. We know, we know this story. But as he was praying about this, God, I believe God showed me one thing. Why the prodigal left his father's house. See, you know the story. He left his father's house. Give me all my money. He went and spent it on, you know, all these pleasures and ate, uh, lost everything, ate pig slop, and eventually came back to his father. But what did the devil use to steal him out of his father's house? If only I had 
What did the devil use? I believe it all my heart. No, he didn't. It wasn't the, the yearning for pleasure. It wasn't the yearning for money. I believe it all my heart. This young man could not submit to his father any longer. I want out. I'm not going to submit to you, Dad. I'm not going to submit to you. I'm going to do my own thing. I've submitted. And there's a healthy time to go. This wasn't it. And sometimes what the devil used, the tempter was, I'm not going to submit to my father's house any longer. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I found out one thing a long time ago. If we don't submit to God, we will certainly submit to the devil. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no working that out. There's no middle ground. And sometimes the devil will try to stir Christians and say, you don't have to submit to that. If you don't like it, go. If you, if, if you can't submit to this, the devil will say, go do your own thing. And sometimes God says, no, I want you to submit. This is my will. I want you to submit. And sometimes we go, nah. And we let that lack of submission pull us out sometimes. If I had only. And lastly, we have this rich young ruler, Luke 18, and you know the story, right? He said, Jesus, what do I uh, must do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, do this, do that. And Jesus said, sell all that you have. And young man couldn't do it because why? He was possessed by his possessions. He said the young man couldn't follow Christ. And he walked away very sad because he couldn't give up his possessions. See, his possessions were his identity. His possessions were his security, his success, his future. And he didn't realize that what he was holding on to would be so empty in a few short years. And the devil tempted him with just what was in the natural, what he was holding on to. He thought his possessions would last, and they don't. And one final example. Uh, I need a volunteer real fast. Someone volunteer. Somebody's hand up. Volunteer. Uh, that's good. Brave church. All right. Somebody needed a hand. Come on. Somebody's hand up. Volunteer. Volunteer. Okay. Come on up. Ralph, come on up. Never mind the car, never mind medicine, ready whip. You have lived off this for how many years? Like you have mouth cleaning, you eat the whole thing, it's okay. Here you go, here is temp work. Don't, don't, yell, don't, don't yell at me, Pastor Reggie. It's been a while since I've been up here, bro. So don't, don't, don't yell. Microphone. All right, I'll put that microphone on. All right, <laughs> here is the temporal, all right? These are the things that the rich young, young ruler was holding on to. I, I'm not going to follow you, Lord. I'm not going to go for the eternal things. Why? Because I'm taking things in my own hand, God, and, and this is the, the temporal. And so here's the temporal, and, and it tastes good. And, and we put it in here, and it tastes, doesn't it taste good? You want some? No, okay. It tastes it tastes really good, and, and, and we live our days, we live our, we live our life, and it's, and it's great, and, and it feels good. And there's this honeymoon period where it's really nice, and, and, and we have the thing, and it tastes good, and we're dancing, and, and day, days go by, the years go by, and all this go by, there's one heck of a can here, and the days go by, and, and, but, but at some point, what starts to happen is, What happened? 
What happened? It runs out. And what do you do when it runs out? The things of this world are running out. The things that we hold on to that we think are so, that we hold on to apart from God, apart from God, it runs out. And when it runs out, we have nothing. Bob, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. So let's close. And I want to pray for you today. See, our true possessions are in Christ. Our true peace is in Christ. The Word of God says we have treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, verse 19. Oh, I love this scripture. And Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your treasure? Psalm 145, verse 16 says, You open your hand, Lord, and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. When you possess him, you possess all that you need. Listen to me, it's not about church. It's not about religion. It's not about all that stuff. It's about Jesus Christ. And that's what we'll be held accountable for at the judgment. What have we done with Jesus? What have we done with our Jesus? It's amazing. And I believe sometimes we, we take things in our own hand and maybe we ask ourselves the question, if I had only in our life. But sometimes we take things wrong hand because we don't know him. We don't know him like we should. And I believe with all my heart, if you truly knew Christ, if you truly know him, you'll never trade off the things of God for the things of this world. Amen. Not when you truly know him. The word of God says in John 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 10, as he said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that says to you, give me drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If we know the gift of God that we have in Jesus Christ, do you know him? Is he everything? Does it show in how you live? Does it show in the decisions you make? Does it show in what you give your time to? Lord, you are my everything, Lord God. You are my everything, Lord God. See, God is so good, and I think today he comes and asks us, maybe for some of us, have we been, have we been cheated enough? Have we missed out on enough? by taking things in our own hand and not trusting God and allowing the devil to cheat us out of God's best by offering us that dollar for the $20 we have in our wallet. Are we tired of taking matters into our own hands? Sometimes we get so tired of failure. We get so tired of trying. We get so tired of working it out because we don't release it all to him and don't take it back when we do. See, are we like Saul that you're trying to keep it all together? Are we like Abraham where we're trying to help God and we forget about that he's a God of the supernatural and the impossible? Have we been like Achan where we, we hide our sin and yet still think God's going to bless us? Are we like Esau that we trade the tomorrows for now? Are we like that prodigal where, Lord God, I haven't submitted all my life to you, God? There's parts of my life that I have not submitted, Lord God. Those parts will lead you away from the Father's house. 
Or have we been like that rich young ruler? We trust God to let go of what we need to let go of and know that our true, tre our true treasures are in Christ. And I simply want to pray for us today. But before I do, I want to ask you that, do you, do, you, do you know Christ? And have you come to a place in your life where you've made a decision to hand over your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Will you come to a point where you say, Lord God, I don't want to live this life anymore without you. And you come to a point where you say, Lord, I, I, I desire to, to make you the Lord and Savior of my life, God. I believe what you've done for me on the cross and that you died for me, Lord God, and I haven't been living like it, Lord God. So today, God, I want to exchange authority. I don't want the authority in my life anymore, Lord God. I give the authority of my life to you, God. I want to be saved. I want to be born again, Lord God. I, I, I want a life with you. And it starts with a decision today that has worked out for the rest of your life. And God will be there for you. He'll bless you. But it comes with a decision. Where will you spend eternity? It only comes through the acceptance of Jesus Christ and a life that follows the evidence of that. If you're here today, you're saying, Pastor Angelo, I want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. I don't want to have the authority of my life anymore. I've, I've done a good job in messing it up. But today, Pastor Andrew, would you pray for me that, that, that today I, I, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that he begins that work in me, and every day he changes me and grows me, and there's evidence of that. If that's you, and you know you're at the point of change, just, just raise your hand let me know it's you, and, and the pastors will pray for you. Any, anybody here today? Just want to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Anyone here today? Praise God. Then I want to have this as, a, as we close our, our service today. It's time to turn around. It's time to repent of sin, repent of taking things in our own hand, repent of being cheated out of God's best, falling for the wiles of the devil. It's time to say, I'm not going to be cheated anymore. I'm not going to take things in my hand anymore. God, I'm going to trust you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, help me to obey you. Holy Spirit, help me to trust you. Holy Spirit, give me a new beginning today, Lord God. And Lord, let me know that my Jesus is enough. That when I possess him, I possess all that I need, Lord God. So today I want to pray for you. And I'm going to open up these altars. And I'm going to ask for those of you who are, who are brave to come forward. And the call is this. Lord God, I need to trust you more. I need to give you the things in my life that I would normally take over and try to do. I want to yield them to you. Lord God, I give every situation, every problem to you. And I trust you, God, to work it out because you're all I need. God, get me out of the way. Help my fear, my anxiety, my worry, God. Just, God, take it, God, take it. And I want to come to you today, God, and lay all, con all my concern before you, God. That thing I've been losing sleep over, God, the thing I've been worried about, the thing I've been praying for so long, God, I want to put it at your feet, Lord God. And I want to hand it over to you, God. Lord, you work it out. I'll obey you, God, and do what you want me to do, God. But i got to hand it over to you because I'm not going to take it in my hands anymore, God. I'm not going to do it myself anymore, God. I'm going to hand it over to you, Lord God, because I trust you. And you certainly are enough for me, Lord God. So let's all stand right now. Please, let's all stand. If that's you, I want you to just get out of your seat and come join me here at the altar. And say, God, I'm going to give this issue to you. God, I'm going to give this situation to you, Lord God. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to try to fix it and take over, God. But I'm going to yield it over to you because you are God. And all I need is you, Lord God, because I know, God, you gave me a promise that somehow, Lord God, you'll work it out your way, your will, Lord God. Lord, I trust you. So, Lord, help me to trust you today like never before. In Jesus' name. Heather. Jehovah.
to Jesus. You are more. You, you are more than, than enough for me. Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer. You're my healer. By your stripes I have been set free. Jehovah Shalom, you are with me, you are with me. You Father, we just thank you right now, Lord God. Father, we thank you so much, God, for how good you are to us, Lord God. Father, we have truly had an encounter with you this day, God, as we do, Lord God. So, Father, we, 
we come before you today, God. And there's nothing that we could do except to trust you right now, God. Father, we lay that situation, that thing, that whatever may be before you right now, Lord God. And we put it in your hands, Lord God, in the best hands it could possibly be in, Lord Jesus. And Father, when you tell us to do something, we will obey you about that, God, but we, are not, we will not go on before you, Lord God. Father, we will not take things in our own hand, God. We'll not try to keep it all together, Lord God. Father, we're not going to be uh, sacrificed tomorrow for just a now, Lord God. But Father, we say today, God, that you are all that we need, God. Our faith is in you today, Lord God. So Father, we're, we're not going to be cheated anymore out of God's best. We're not going to take things in our own hand anymore, God, Father. We're going to trust you, obey you, God, seek you, love you, Lord God, desire you, Lord God, and let it be evident in everything we do, Lord God, not only in word, God, but indeed in heart, Lord God. For today it changes, Lord God. Our faith is in you, God. Help our faith, Lord God. Help us to see you, God. Help us to get in that word, God, and to, and to pray, God, and to see you, Lord God, more than ever before, Lord God. Father, we repent of sin, God. We repent of those things hidden in a, the middle of our tent, God, like Achan did, Lord God. We repent in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And Father, thank you for your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. And Father, this is a new time, a new day, Lord God, a new beginning, Lord God. Father, we don't have to ask that question, if I had only. Instead, God, we're going to pray, God, thank you, God, that we did. We did pray to you and have faith, God, and trust you, God, and believe you, Lord God. And Father, thank you for turning things around, God. You're a good God, Father. Oh, God, why should we trade off the things of God for the things of this world, God? Why should we uh, uh, get a can of ready whip, God, when we got you, Lord Jesus? We've got all that we need. And, Father, we want to say thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God, for working in our situation, God. Thank you for your patience with us, God. Thank you for how faithful and how good you are, how sovereign you are, Lord God. And, Father, I thank you that this day forward, God, our eyes are on you. Our trust is in you, God. And, Father, we want to say thank you because somehow, God, some way in the, in the eternal, sovereign way, God, you're going to work it out according to your will and your way. And we're not going to worry. We're not going to fear. We're not going to take things in our own hand, God. But we're going to trust you. We're going to praise you. We're going to worship you, God. We're going to be grateful even before you do it, God, because you are a good and great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.